welcome to Gateway Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here today. We pray God speaks to you through this message and through His Word. For more information about our church, follow us on social media or visit our website, gatewayhome.com. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. Well, we are in a series called Battle Ready. Battle ready, and it's really this, this premise or this idea that the Christian life is not a playground, it's a battleground, that there really is an enemy, a real enemy that is after your soul. So a lot of times when we go through life and we are fighting battles, it's because there is an enemy that wants to take you out, that wants to disrupt the plans that God has for you. But in, and so in order to win this spiritual battle, you can't actually fight it with natural means. You have to fight this battle with the spiritual tools that God, or spiritual weapons that God gives you. We've been sitting in Ephesians chapter six and talking about the armor of God. And so we're gonna read this passage of scripture one more time today. But it starts in verse 10. It says, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. I wanna talk to you today about the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The message Bible says that that God's word is an indispensable weapon, which means that it is absolutely necessary. It it lets us know that that this is something that we have to have in our lives. If if we're going to follow Jesus, if we're gonna be a, a Christ follower, if we're gonna ask him to be the Lord and the savior of our lives, if we're going to face the battles and win the battles that we face, we must have this word. It's, it's not good enough just to have it laying around in your house. It's, it's not good enough that you know where it's at on a shelf. We have to begin to use the word. Well, this word sword here, it's, it's not really referring to this long sword that you would see a Roman soldier have, but it's more like a shorter dagger. These shorter daggers, they were, they were used for close-up battles. They were, they were used for these in-your-face type of battles. And Paul tells us here, he says, we, when we read it in Ephesians, he says, when the day of evil comes. How many of you have ever faced a day of evil in your life? How many of you have had some days of evil that you've had to conquer or battle? This is when the devil is all up in your face. How many know sometimes the devil comes against your family or even your kids? And how many know that when somebody messes with your kids, you want to step in? Come on, oh, all your parents are like, mm-hmm. Yes, sir, that's right. I remember when Corbin was about three years old, we were at the mall. 
And we were in one of those play areas, right? And I just had my eyes on some of the other kids that were wanting to play with my kid. And I was watching this one kid. I mean, as like he was like three, four years old. And I promise you, I could have seen the devil in that little kid. And I said, I said, I looked over at Chris and I said, if that kid pushes my kid down, oh, it's on. Like, let's go, little kid. Like, I'm going to mess you up, and I'm going to mess your dad up too. Like, let's go, right? And so, uh, so, but how many know, like, sometimes a day of evil comes, and, and the devil tries to disrupt what God is doing, maybe even in your marriage. You begin to argue with your spouse, and we've got to know that the day of evil will come, but we got to know how to fight the enemy Maybe it's in our minds, it's in our thoughts, it's, it's in the things that God has told us, or maybe we had plans and, and, and our circumstances and situations have begun to change. Paul says that when the day of evil comes, you gotta start, you gotta use the dagger. You gotta use this word of God. It's, it's the only offensive or offensive weapon that we have in the armor. So it kind of begs us the question of why is it the only weapon that God gives us? Well, I just believe evidently that it's the only one that you need. How many know that when you're going through life, the thing that you need the most is the word of God? It's the thing that will save you. It's the thing that will help you. It will bring the peace that you need. It'll bring the hope that you need. It's the only thing that you and I need in our lives. So how good is it to have a sword and not use it. I coach my son's 9U baseball team. Come on, all you coaches out there, you know how this is. Like, we teach our kids to be a hitter. Like, we're, when you get up to bat, we're going to hit the ball. We're not looking to walk. We're not looking and watching strikes go by us. No, we are looking to swing the bat. And you'll hear me all the times in our games, I'll be yelling, be a hitter, be a hitter, be a hitter. Your daddy just bought you a $300 bat. You better be a hitter, right? You can only hit a ball that you swing at. And so we keep on telling, be a hitter, be a hitter. Maybe, maybe your boss comes to you and says, hey, I want to give you every tool that you need to be successful at your job. We all would say, yes, I will take every tool. I'll take every resource so that I am successful. And you would begin to use them. Well, God is saying that he has given us every tool that we need. He has given us the word of God. And if we will use the word of God, then we will be victorious in battle. Come on, put your hands together for that. So the first thing I want you to know today is this, is that the word is inspired by God. The word is inspired by God. It's the most read book in history the best selling of all time. It's the most translated book around the world. And it's written by multiple writers. It has one author and it is inspired by the Holy Spirit. Second Timothy 3.16 says, all scripture. Everybody say all. I say, say it again, say all. That's right, because I want you to get that in your spirit. Not part of it, not a quarter of it, not 90%, not 99.9%. No, all Scripture is God-breathed. It's inspired, and it is useful for teaching, for rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. He's saying, I've given you 
the word to be equipped for everything. You see, God has a plan for your life. He's got purpose for your life. And he's saying you can be equipped. You can have everything that you need. It's right here. You can find it in my word. You see, his word, it will enlighten our mind. It unveils God's plan for salvation. It teaches us his ways. It shows us how to live as a people. How many of you know that, that we need to get in his word just so we know how to treat others, how to love thy neighbor as we love ourselves? How many know we'd be a better world, we'd be a better nation, we'd be a better city if we just got in his word some and learned how to live as people? It's inspired by his breath. It's infused with this power. And he's given us this good work for all of us. In John 1, it says this. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. John was letting us know that Jesus is the Word, and Jesus was in the beginning. In fact, when we read that phrase, in the beginning, you begin to actually think of Genesis in the beginning of the Bible, and it starts off, and he says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It lets us know that Jesus was there in the beginning. He just didn't exist when he arrived on earth in the New Testament. No, he was there all along. Genesis, he begins with creation, but John, he begins to refer to creation, and he says this in verse three. He says, through him, all things were made, talking about Jesus. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. So both in Genesis and here in the book or the Gospel of John, the context shows that the beginning is absolute. The beginning of all things, the beginning of the universe. And as you read other Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, but as you read Mark, Mark starts off with this same phrase, the beginning of the Gospel of Jesus Christ. And it's possible that John is saying, Mark is telling you about the beginning of Jesus's public ministry. But John is saying, I wanna show you the point, the starting point of the gospel can be traced farther back than just the, the birth of Jesus. No, I'm gonna show you that before the universe was around, Jesus was there. And this word, it just wasn't good for people in Bible times. It just wasn't good for the Old Testament people. It wasn't good for those uh, right there in the New Testament as we read about them. But the word is good for us today. It wasn't just good then, it is good now. The word is still relevant for you and me today in our lives, in our marriage, how we treat people, how we can raise our kids. It's not outdated. It's not old. It's not antiquated. It's something that is relevant for us. Jesus is the same yesterday. He's the same today and the same forever. And in an, un an ever-changing world, Jesus is a constant that you and I can go to and put our lives on. Amen? Secondly is this, is that the word of God is living and it's active. It's living and active. Now, if you're a woman, maybe you've been pregnant before, or maybe we all, we all have known somebody that is pregnant. And as the baby begins to grow on the inside of a woman, we begin to see external signs that a baby is growing and about to be 
born. And so as we begin to read the word, it will begin to grow on the inside of us. We will begin to be transformed by the, from the inside out. People will begin to see the changes in our life and what the word of God is doing to you from the inside out. There begins to be an overflow of God's goodness and hope and grace that comes from your life. People start looking at you like, man, there's something about you that's just a little bit different. I don't know what's going on. What happens is there's an overflow where you can't contain it. You can't hide it. We would sing as little kids in kids ministry. We would say, hide under a bushel. Uh, I'm going to let it shine. Oh, this, is the, this is the church people over here, okay? They're the only ones that answered. They're the only ones that grew up in church. It's okay. So, so we would sing. We would sing, hide it under a bushel. we say, no, no, I'm going to let it shine, right? And so when you read the word and you, and you have God begin to pour some things in you and download some things in you, it's, you can't contain it. You're walking around with a smile on your face. You're going to the grocery store. You're there just to buy some Doritos and, and maybe some meat and, you know, for dinner that night, some tacos. Come on. How many know tacos? You can, you can get saved with some tacos, right? And so, but you're just going to the grocery store to get a, a couple of items. But, but man, there's somebody there. You could, tell, you could tell, man, they're sad. Or man, something's not right with this person. Or maybe God says, hey, hey, I want you just to say something. Just let them know that, that I love them. And there's an overflow that comes from you. And you're like, all right, I'm going to do it. Why? Because when God gets you on the inside, there's something that happens on the outside. Your coworkers, they'll notice you don't, you stop having the same conversations you used to begin to entertain. Others will notice your attitude has changed. You used to be salty. You used to be salty Sally, but now you're not no more. Now you walk around, you're, you're smiling Sally, okay? And so if your name is Sally, I'm sorry. And so those closest to you will see you spiritually growing. Why? Because there's something that the word of God does to us from the inside out. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. This is why it's important to read the Bible, the word of God, because whatever you feed grows. So my question for you is this. What do you have? an appetite for? What do you crave? See, I know for me, at about 9 p.m. at night, my appetite says, go to the freezer and get some Bluebell. Come on, where are my Bluebell fans at? Come on, like, like 9 p.m. hits, and I'm like, yes, Lord, your servant is listening. Speak to me, Jesus right now. And so I'll go to the freezer. I'll get some Millennium Crunch. It's, it's my favorite right now. And, and sometimes I'll open that freezer up and there's no ice cream. And I'm like, ah! And so, so I'll, I'll get Bria, my daughter. I'm like, hey, babe, let's, let's go to the grocery store because God has spoken. We must go get some ice cream, okay? And so we'll go get ice cream. I, I, I should buy stock in it. I'm not sure. The people at the grocery store probably think we're crazy. And so I'll buy ice cream for me. I'll buy ice cream for the kids because they like a certain kind. And then I'll buy ice cream for Kristen because she likes this other kind. And so uh, I got five different types of ice cream here, but I'm like, hey, it's okay. God has spoken. I'm just listening. Hear, believe, and obey. Let's go, somebody. 
Come on, but you can, you can choose to feed your doubts. You can choose to feed your insecurity. You can choose to feed your depression or your addiction, or you can say, no, 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 I'm gonna choose to feed my faith. I'm gonna choose to feed my hope. No, I'm gonna choose to feed the love that I have for my brother and my sister. That's the thing that I need to grow more than anything else. So Romans 10, 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing about the word of God. One of the best ways you're going to know Jesus is by reading his word. When you read his word, I encourage you, just don't read it. Begin to say it out loud. It's, the, it's hearing that word. It's getting that, that, building your faith up. Man, you're here on a Sunday. That's great. The weekend services are amazing. The being around one another, celebrating what God has done all week, it is great. The worship is going to be on point. It's going to be on fire. But the word, it's going to be amazing. All right, all right. The, the word is going to be amazing. It's going to be great. But how many of you know that it's not enough because tomorrow is Monday? And you got some other devils that you're going to fight tomorrow when you get to the office. You're going to open your computer, and you're going to read that email. And if you haven't been prayed up already, if you haven't read your word already, your reaction to that might not be one that God would love. So we got to get it inside of us. Every day, not just the weekend, every day. Come on, we're about to eat some good old Thanksgiving meal. We're going to fry that turkey. We're going to have some mashed potatoes, maybe some green bean casserole. We're going to have some bread, some more bread. We're going to have that. We're going to build them carbs up. It's going to be great. You know, I, I'm sorry. Like, it, it, can I just tell you, like, some of you that are gluten-free people, I'm sorry about it. Don't go buy the gluten-free turkey. It's bad, okay? We've done it before. It's no good. Don't waste your money on it. You spend more money on the healthy turkey, but it doesn't taste good, so don't do it. That's what to help you out. But how many know we're going to eat a lot of Thanksgiving? Man, you're going to be stuffed. You're going to be full. But it only lasts you for so long. Oh, you may be able to go, you may be able to skip dinner, but we're not going to skip dinner because we're not crazy, right? We want to eat some more Thanksgiving food. But eventually you'll get hungry again, and you've got to start eating. In fact, it doesn't matter how much you eat at Thanksgiving, it won't last you till next Thanksgiving. It won't even last you to Christmas. And so some of us come in to church and, and this is the only Jesus we get Sunday to Sunday. This is it. It's not enough. I'm telling you, you got to wake up Monday and say, here I am, Lord, speak to me. Your servant is listening. God, I need your word. I need your presence. I don't need you just to fill a room, God. I need you to fill my heart and my spirit. If we're going to grow spiritually, we've got to have some daily food, some daily practices that are found in his word. I just want to encourage you, challenge you maybe. Just start somewhere. Just start somewhere, you see, because this is about relationship. It has nothing to do with religion. Jesus was always about relationship. You got to know that. And so no matter where you're at, start somewhere. Maybe it's, it's just a scripture a day. Maybe, maybe you're growing in your faith. You're like, man, if I could just get one scripture, it would be great. I mean, you don't even have to look far for it. You download the Bible app, and it will give you the scripture of the day. I mean, it's really easy. It's at your fingertips. Like, there's tools to help you. Maybe, maybe it's, it's, a, it's a chapter a day, or maybe it's multiple chapters a day. Just whatever you need to do, I just want to challenge you to do that. Jesus said in Matthew 4, he says, man does not live on bread alone, 
but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. I'm telling you that the, the word of God, it is living and it is active. It will guide you. In Psalm 119, 105, it says, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The word of God, it will encourage us. Romans 8, 28 says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. His word, it will strengthen you and me. Isaiah 41, 10 says, so do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. The word of God, it will transform us. Romans 12, two says, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, his pleasing, and his perfect will. I'm telling you, the more that you read the word of God, the more it will begin to change your life. You can't consistently read the word and it not change you. good stuff. My amen myself. Lastly, the word of God is truth. The word of God is truth. And we live in a day and age where we are fighting for what truth is. We live in a generation where truth is whatever we want it to be. But I want you to know today that the Bible is God's word to us, and it is truth. God's word, it's perfect. It is without error. It's the ultimate authority in our lives. It's the greatest tool that God has given you and me to bring change into our lives. And you can build your life on this truth. You can build your life on the truth of God's word. It's an instruction manual for our lives. My son over the past few years has really loved to build Legos. And Legos are great when you only have like the small box. <laughs> Legos, Legos, Legos are great when, you, when it takes you 20 minutes to build the Lego, right? It's amazing. But as my son got a little older, he he began to like the bigger Lego sets. And they look really cool on the box until you have to open the box. And so I just, this is, so what you have to do is, like the older your kids get, like the more they want, and, and the, the small Legos are like $15. And then they just start going up, up, and up. And Lego, Legos are expensive, y'all. Like inflation is killing us. <laughs> it's like, come on. You, you look at a box of Legos and you're like, I'm going to pay what for what? So one time he was like, dad, I want, I want this Ferrari Lego set. I was like, that, that's awesome. That's cute. But then I, I gave in and we got this Ferrari set. And, and what you really need to do as a parent, this is, this is good for you. Um, you don't really need to look at the price of the Lego set. You just need to look at how many pieces are on the box. They always tell you how many pieces are in the box of this Lego set. Because what it tells you is it's, gonna, it's code for you're going to spend the rest of your life building this Lego set. There's 3,742 pieces, and you're going to spend the next month trying to build this Lego set. That's what it's really telling you. So you want those like less than 100? It's great. 20 minutes, done. Okay, it's, it's amazing. And so, but, but when you open it up, 
you begin to, to, to realize that it doesn't have just one manual because you're like, oh, I got it, just one manual. No, the bigger they get, the more, the more elaborate they get, the more manuals they give you, right? It's not one, it's not, it's like three manuals. They all have a whole bunch of pages to them. You're like, this is crazy. Like, it's like an encyclopedia here. And so, but you open it up, you begin to put the pieces together, right? I got the black pieces, I got the gray pieces, I got the white pieces, I got the, the red pieces, I got the wheels over here. So anytime the instructions call for whatever piece, I know, okay, this is the pile, and then I want to be able to take that, and I want to begin to put it together. God did not give me the gift of just looking at it and knowing how to put it together. I, I can't do it. Like, I'm, I look for the instructions for everything, y'all. I, my dryer just went out. What did I have to do? I didn't want to call somebody because I didn't want to pay for all that. I was like, let me just go to YouTube, right? And so I went to YouTube, figured it out, made it happen. I was like, yes, go God, right? Uh, like, ha, ha, hey, you need, to, you need to unscrew a light bulb and put one in? I just need the instructions for y'all. It's just like, just the way it is. And so, um, but so when I'm looking at this Lego set, I'm like, like, I can't put it together. I can look at this Ferrari but there's no way I'm going to build a Ferrari just by looking at it. And so I have to use the manual. I have to go through page by page by page, each step by step by step, so that when when I get finished, what is intended to be built is actually built. It looks like what it's supposed to look like. You and I, we have a manual. It's called the Word of God. And you can choose to build your life however you want to have it look like. You've got pieces and you got stages and you have moments in your life and you can choose to honor God with it or you don't have to. It's the beauty about God. He's not going to force anything on you. But if we will find ourselves in the Word of God, the manual, we'll find the instruction manual downloaded into our hearts and into our spirits. What God intended for us will begin to look like our life and our purposes and the plans that he has for us. And we'll know, hey, this is what God intended for me. But we got to follow the manual. We've got to follow the instructions. So Jesus said, he said in Matthew 7, he said, these words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life. Homeowner improvements to your standard of living. They are foundational words, words to build your life on. And if you work these words into your life, that means it's going to take a little bit of work. That means you're just not going to be able to sit there. You're going to have to work a little bit. You are like a smart carpenter who built his house on solid rock. So in Matthew chapter 4, Jesus, it tells us he was in the wilderness and, and the devil came to tempt Jesus three times. He would tempt him with identity and his provision and his power. And every time the enemy would come up against Jesus, Jesus would respond with, it is written. So Satan came the first time, and Jesus said, no, 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 it's written. Man should not eat on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And the devil didn't like it. I want you to know, when you quote the word of God, the devil does not like it. And so it's one thing to think it, but it's another thing to say it. And so the enemy, he, he was like, that's cute. So he came back another, a second time, and he tempted Jesus again. And Jesus said, you didn't hear me the first time. And he said, it is written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. And so the enemy didn't like that. And so he came back a third time. The enemy is persistent. You got to know that. Some of your lives, the enemy is coming in like a flood, but I just believe the Lord will raise a standard up against it. And so the enemy comes in a third time. And Jesus says, you don't get it. It is written that you 
must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. What was Jesus doing? Jesus was quoting the word. Jesus was quoting who he is. And the Bible says that after the third time that the devil, he left, he fleed. How many of you know that when you keep on coming back with the word of God, the enemy that is coming up against your soul, coming up against your circumstances, your finances, and whatever else you got going on, the enemy will leave. So when you're going through some things, it's important that you find some scripture that you can hang on to. You need some things that you can begin to quote that you get you you write it on your mirror in the house you you have it posted in your car you have it saved on on your phone you just begin to quote those things when when you wake up you begin to quote some scripture when you're on your way to work you continue to quote that scripture it may be days it may be months it may be years but you continue to quote the thing that you're believing on and the thing that God has spoken to your life over and over and over again until it happens so maybe Maybe you're going through some battles. You say, Pastor Welby, I'm going through some battles right now. I'm going to help you out. Romans 8.37 says, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who love us. Maybe, maybe you have some, some money troubles right now. Maybe you're coming up short, or, or maybe you're, not, you're trying to figure out how, how to put things in different places. Philippians 4.19 says, And my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and his glory in Christ Jesus. You gotta make it personal. I know the word said there, supply all your needs, but sometimes you gotta say, no, 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 it's supply all my needs. You gotta make this word personal. You gotta get it deep down inside of you. Maybe there's some circumstances in your life and you're starting to feel a little fear come up trying to grip your grip your heart or your spirit. I want you to know that Psalm 27, one says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Maybe you're, you're, there's some sickness happening in your family. Maybe cancer has hit your body. Maybe you're on vocal rest. Well, the word says this in Psalm 103. It says, praise the Lord who heals all my diseases. See, even when it's good and even when it's bad, we gotta learn to praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Why? Because he heals all my diseases. This is what it looks like. It looks like Pastor Ethan. We know he's on vocal rest, but in the middle of worship, what is he doing? One of the other, I don't know if it was this, this service, but one of the other services, he was kneeling down humbly before the Lord. What was he doing? He was giving everything he had. I'm going to praise the Lord no matter what, no matter when it's good, when it's bad. When I'm on the mountaintop, when I'm in the valley, I'm going to praise him because he's good. He's here to heal me, that by his stripes, I am healed. Maybe some of you need some confidence. Maybe maybe you're, you're going into something, you're like, God, I just need some strength, some confidence. 2 Corinthians 3, 6 says, he has made me competent. God has made you competent. He's equipped you. He's put some, some stuff inside of you that people need. Maybe you need some safety. Maybe you need God to put a hedge of protection around you. Psalm 121, 8 says, the Lord will watch over you in your coming and your going. God, I thank you today that you're going with me, that your hedge of protection is on me. God, I thank you when I, whether I'm coming or I'm going. God, you're with me. Maybe you're going to the dentist. Psalm 81, 10 says, open your mouth wide and I I will feel it. Amen, amen, and amen. The word of God, it will apply to your life. You just got to begin to speak it. And you might say, say, man, I don't, even, I don't even know the word. I don't even know where to find some things. 
There are tools and there are resources that will help you. Will help you. In aviation, there's something called the one in 60 rule. The one in 60 rule. So for every one degree you're off course, you'll end up being one mile off course for every 60 miles that you go. So consequently, getting off just one degree at the start will result in you becoming farther off course the longer you travel. So in the very beginning, it doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal. It doesn't seem like you're really off course, but the farther and farther you go, the more and more we, we let go of the word, the more and more we, we don't apply it to our lives, the farther we get. So if you're on a flight from JFK to Tokyo, it takes about 14 hours. And so if your plane travels at just one degree off, you will fly for about 6,755 miles and you'll end up 112 miles away from Tokyo. And initially in your thought, it doesn't seem that far from a plane, but you got to realize that this would put your plane either in the Sea of Japan or somewhere in the Pacific Ocean running low on fuel. Can I tell you today that we need God's word to help set our direction and to keep us on track? Can I tell you that, that the enemy really is out to battle? He's playing for keeps. And we've got to use the word like a dagger that when he comes against us, that we would take the word of God and we begin to use it and speak out against the enemy and his tactics and declare the faith and the hope and the love that God has for us. I want you to know that the word is inspired. It is living. It is active. It is breathing. God loves you so much that he gave you the truth, and that is the word of God, who is Jesus. Would you stand up with me? At the end of every service, we always ask this question. What is the Holy Spirit speaking to us? And I'd like you just to ask that question. What is the Holy Spirit speaking to me right now? And just allow God to begin to, to speak to your heart, to speak to your spirit. Believe that his word will fall on good soil today. That our spirits would be softened and able and ready to receive what he has. The prayer team's gonna come up as I pray and we want to be, begin to partner with you with your faith, partner with you with anything maybe going on. But we want to respond to what God is doing in this place. So as the prayer teams comes forward and as I begin to pray, if you need prayer, we want to invite you down to this place. Lord, I just pray for your people today. I pray you would bless them, Lord. I pray you'd bless them with revelation and your truth. God, as they find themselves reading your word, as they find themselves spending time with you, your word says that blessed are those that thirst and hunger for righteousness, for they shall be filled. God, I pray for an overflowing in their lives and in their spirits. God, I pray that you would speak to their circumstances, speak to who they are, speak to what they've gone through or are going through. God, that they would find freedom and hope in what you want 
for their lives. God, it's your word, it's your plans, it's your purposes we submit to. We love you, we thank you for it. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said, amen. Well, if you need prayer, we'd love to pray with you right now. If not, let's respond to the Lord in worship right here. Come on, let's worship. Thanks for joining us today. If you live in the Houston area or are in town for a visit, we would like to invite you to join us for a service. For service times and location, or more information about Gateway Church, follow us on social media or visit our website, gatewayhome.com. Have a blessed week.